When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, where we hear from you the true experiences you've had with the paranormal and we try to understand them. This week, I can't wait to hear the paranormal stories that you've sent in to us. If you have had a paranormal encounter with a ghost, extraterrestrial or something unexplained, send us a voice note into this address, paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. That's paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. And you could be featured on the next episode. Ever wondered where we go when we sleep or how wonderful it would be to be conscious when dreaming so you could do anything. Well, this week we'll be focusing on just that when exploring lucid dreaming. So what is lucid dreaming? Can anyone do it? And whilst doing it, is it possible to communicate with the other side? Einstein once said that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be changed from one form to another. So what does happen to our energy source when our body takes its final breath? Now, millions of people believe our souls rise up and ascend to another place. And many people believe that we can descend too. And some others believe that nothing happens at all. Well, I believe that our energy, our souls, if you will, transcend onto or into another plane, another dimension. And just as Einstein believed, the energy inside us travels on. But where does it go? I think this sleep state may well have some answers. Lucid dreaming is something many people have experienced. And I have to say, I've been lucky enough to have encountered this phenomena. I've actually encountered it four times in my life. And I always thought that the dreams were just very clear images and emotions that I could control, like a beautifully crafted uh, video game, for example. Um, But since doing some research on the subject, I have discovered that they are more than just a fantastic sleep state. So what is a lucid dream? It's where the person who is experiencing the dream is aware that they are having the dream and that they control their thoughts, emotions and their movements. And some people claim that they have uh, visited far off distant lands, learned a new skill or indeed a language. But perhaps the best for me is being transported to a place or an environment where you can see, 
hear, feel, smell, taste and talk to loved ones that have passed on. One person who has really opened my eyes to lucid dreaming is a gentleman called Jürgen Zhu. He's written many books on the subject, taken from his own extraordinary experiences of his lucid dreams. Not only does he talk of his adventures on his journeys to the other side, but being a graphic artist, he also draws pictures of the different planes that he's visited whilst lucid dreaming. His accounts of the afterlife are remarkable and they are mind-blowing to say the least. In one of his books, Vistas of Infinity, How to Enjoy Life When You Are Dead, certainly a title that, uh, uh, well, grabbed my attention, that's for sure. Jürgen talks of waking up from a good sleep, then sitting in his chair and conducting his morning meditation session. He then goes on to describe awakening in a place that he vividly describes. First, he looks at his hands and feet, gives them a wiggle, and then he floats further into a new reality. A new world, colourful, bright, and the feelings and emotions are absolutely beautiful. Jürgen goes on to describe meeting family members that have died, but at first... He does not recognise them as they're very young and fresh-faced. Other dimensions that he visits are not as pleasant and beautiful. Jürgen's lucid dreaming has intrigued thousands of people around the world. Even neuroscientists are taking his experiences seriously and have invited him uh, to talk at various medical conferences. So my homework for you this week is to look up Jürgen Zhu. He's on YouTube and actually order some of his books. They're absolutely fascinating. This week's story is from Mark H. with a tale of a haunted house and a strange coincidence in Arnos Grove in London. Hello. So this is a story uh, about when I was living in London as a student. It's a story about a haunted house and also an impossible coincidence. I was living in Arnos Grove in North London. It was the fourth year of my degree. I'd spent a year abroad the, the year before, so it was the final year of my degree. The house we lived in was one of those Victorian uh, terraced houses, and um, all of us, all of us in the house saw various things from shadows of people stood in front of doorways. Uh, someone saw a small girl in the bedroom in school uniform with the smell of burning and fire. Someone felt someone sit on their bed. You'd walk up to the frosted glass in the door and there'd be a figure stood there. And absolutely everyone. Oh, another one, we, we would uh, be in the lounge and we'd hear somebody washing up in the kitchen, hear the clinking of, of, of washing up happening in, in the kitchen. Uh, we all did throughout the year and we had various guests who stayed with us and they all also had ghostly encounters in, in that house. Uh, next to the kitchen, there was this room called the Blue Room. I think it must have been um, a dining room originally because there was a serving hatch from the kitchen into this room and we called it the Blue Room because it was painted blue. And when we arrived, we were slightly sort of taken back by it. There was a strip light in the middle of the room and someone had hung a, a tablecloth, a white or a white sheet rather, over the light and they got cutouts of the letters G-O-D so when you turned on the light, it made like almost a screen and you could see G-O-D in, in the thing. So God, and we thought, well, that was surprising. And a bit when we first moved in, we thought that was a bit odd. Um, it's not something you see every day. Anyway, as I said, we all had lots of weird experiences throughout the year. I then graduated my degree. I was still living in this house with my friends and had to get a job. 
So I went all the way down to Paddington and I got a job at, in advertising sales for a, for a, uh, a, a magazine. And um, I was sat there having my training how to sell advertising. And there's there a lad sat next to me about the same age as me and he's wearing a grey suit. And we got chatting and it turns out he'd been to the same university as me, but he'd only done a three year programme and then done his travelling. So he was now also looking for work. Weirdly, it also turns out he'd lived in Arnos Grove. Even more weirdly, he had lived in the very house that I was currently living in and in the very bedroom that I'd been living in for the past year. So obviously we were utterly freaked out by this. But then he said to me, have you seen the ghost? And I said, yes, we all have, all of us. And I said, was it, was it you guys that put the sheet with the, the God thing in, in the blue room? They said, no, 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 that was there when we arrived the year before. It was the people who were there before us. Apparently they were really religious Christians and they were so upset and, and terrified by what had been going on in the house that they, they put that up there to, to somehow get rid of any negative um, spirits that were in the house. Uh, I mean, that is an unbelievable coincidence. So that's a, a story about a scary house and possibly an even scarier happen of chance or not. What an incredible story. I knew I would have been so suspicious if I'd seen the letters G-O-D shining down on me from a light in the ceiling in a new house. I think it would have unnerved me greatly. Isn't it peculiar that a little Victorian terrace house can hold so much paranormal activity? I would love to find out more. Was the little girl in the school uniform hurt in a fire in the house, perhaps? Could a family still be living out their lives inside their home? Remember, we've been told that spirits see their homes not as they are now, but as it was when they lived there. They also have the capability to see the house as it is now as well, and its new occupants. And some spirits have even let their feelings be known if they don't like the decor, they don't like new building works, or... They just don't like the new occupants. Maybe the little girl's family weren't that keen on all the different people coming and going and were in their own way trying to let you know, Mark. The day that you met the other tenant uh, when you were working is just bizarre. That has to be more of a coincidence, more like fate trying to bring you together. I wonder, did you ever keep in touch? Do let me know. So at the beginning of this episode, I mentioned that I'd had a few lucid dreams myself. And I know I've told you about the time I met my dad for the first time and how I woke up with tears streaming down my face. And I'm not sure if I've told you about the car crash. If I have, I apologize. If not, here it is again. It's extraordinary because I had asked my dad when talking to him, what happens when we die? What is the feeling? What is the feeling that we get when we leave our physical body and go to the next plane? So lo and behold, I think it was a few days after I had poor man, I just nagged and nagged and nagged him. Please, please, please. I want to know what this feeling is like. Lo and behold, I have an incredibly bizarre, lucid dream. I was in a car I'm aware of my hands, I'm aware of the steering wheel, and then the most amazing noise happens. It is so loud, it hurts my ears, uh, and I'm instantly very frightened. Uh, 
And then the next thing I know, I am flying through the air and the glass from the windscreen is in slow motion and it's going all around me. And the noise is the only thing that I don't like. It's so loud. It's like I would imagine standing in front of some jet engines. It was that loud. But then this amazing, beautiful, wonderful sensation ran through the whole of my being. There aren't words in the English vocabulary to describe this feeling, but I can I can attempt at it and it is just pure and utter love. And it penetrated my being and it absolutely filled me up um, that I I couldn't breathe properly. I was so full of this amazing feeling. I no longer was frightened of the noise. I was aware that I was flying through the air, but I knew that I no longer had anything to be frightened of, but I also knew that I'd passed on. And I woke up with this amazing feeling and I couldn't breathe properly because I was just gasping for breath because I know that I'd experienced, I knew that I'd experienced rather, something absolutely incredible. The next night, the same thing happened. So I then asked my dad through the knocking and tapping phenomena, is that something you'd put in my mind? And he said, yes, this is what it feels like to die. My God, it was extraordinary. It really was. So then I asked the spirit world, what happens when um, a human body uh, dies in trauma? Something very quick, like a car crash, a plane crash, something that is horrific. So the following night, I then had another very, very clear lucid dream. I was woken up in this beautiful the colours were amazing, a green field. And in the middle of this field was the most enormous tree. It was absolutely stunning. And its branches were sort of um, up and towering, but sort of bowed down, sort of making arches. It was absolutely enormous over this green field. And I was very aware of my body and I was very aware that I was lying down in a hospital bed, but I was still outside in this field looking up and I could see the leaves and the branches moving and the sunlight behind the branches sort of twinkling. It was very, very peaceful. And I felt very at peace. And then I looked around and in circles, sort of an outer circle and then other circles going inwards, going smaller and smaller, were beds hospital beds um, with beautifully um, white, brilliant white sheets. And these nurses in sort of the old fashioned um, nurses outfits were there with clipboards and they were walking around and they were talking and smiling. They were very angelic and very peaceful in the way that they moved. And again, I was very aware of my body, my being. I knew I was in that moment. And I was told, I came out of the dream And I felt so peaceful and so relaxed. And I asked the spirit world again, um, when through the tapping and the knocking phenomena, is this the feeling? Is this where you come when you are traumatized? And they said, yes. And I really believe that, that we are taken almost to a, not a hospital, but a place of some, somewhere that we associate with getting better, feeling better. Um, so, 
our, our human brain, our conscious brain thinks hospital. And so I think when we go over there, I think to settle us and to make us feel calm, we are put in a situation, a beautiful situation that we can associate where we associate with feeling better and being cared for and looked after. And then I was also told, this is, I, this wasn't a dream, this is just something separate. People that um, go over in the most awful circumstances um, actually leave their bodies. The soul leaves their bodies before final death. So they don't feel the pain. They don't feel the torture. They come out of their bodies and they move on. And that is basically... I. I have been shown this in such incredible dreams. And as I say, the the car crash one and the hospital one were lucid and I was very much there. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, sorry to interrupt your podcast. We didn't do that. It's just been magically done for us. We do a podcast, which I think you might like if you like this podcast. Our podcast is called The A to Z of Men with me, Chris Brooks. And me, Scott Robinson. And what's the podcast about, Scott? I mean, what we're doing really is giving you an insight, a delve into the male mind. We're going through the alphabet letter by letter. I submit a word. Chris submits a word and we battle it out to see what word goes in to the A to Z of men. And you can get us wherever you get your podcast from. Just search for the A to Z of men. Delighted to be joined by Robert Wagoner, who is the author of two amazing books, uh, the first being Plain and Simple, and another book called Lucid Dreaming, 
gateway to the inner self. And you are an expert, Robert, on dreams and lucid dreaming. And I, I've, I'm so excited to be able to talk to you. And I know our listeners will be screaming at the radio going, oh, I want to ask this, I want to ask that. So Robert, how did this journey begin for you? You know, um, I was a junior in high school when I was reading a book in which the person suggested that you could become aware in the dreams that you're dreaming, which is what lucid dreaming is. And this was back in 1975, before the scientific evidence for lucid dreaming emerged. And so I created a technique of finding my hands in the dream state by looking at my hands each night before I'd go to sleep while suggesting, tonight in my dreams I'll see my hands and realize I'm dreaming. Tonight in my dreams I'll see my hands and realize I'm dreaming. And so Within three days, I had my first consciously induced lucid dream, became aware that I was dreaming, and went on and just had a fantastic lucid dream. So that's how it all began for me. And what in these dreams that, that like you say, lucid dreaming as we know now is where you, where you know that you are dreaming and you can... So I've read you can do the most amazing things. You can travel to the most amazing places and learn new skills. And some people have even learned new languages. What's going on, do you think, with our brains when this sort of thing's happening? There was a wonderful scientific study by um, Ursula Voss and J. Allen Hobson from Harvard where they put a EEG skull cap on lucid dreamers and brought him into the sleep lab. And they told him, when you become consciously aware of dreaming, move your eyes left to right eight times in the lucid dream, and then your physical eyes will move and will know that you're lucidly aware. And so what they recorded was the brain activity while the person was in the normal dream and the brain activity while they're in a lucid dream. And as soon as they became lucid, all of a sudden the cerebral cortex, the upper layer of the brain, the newer part of the brain, Parts of it suddenly become active, showing that the person is self-aware, is able to make decisions, is able to decide what he or she wants to do in the lucid dream. So the brain actually changes in the lucid dream state, and scientists have shown it conclusively. How fascinating is that? And that must have spurred you on as well. You know, uh, when the first evidence for lucid dreaming came out in 1980 through the work of uh, Stephen LeBurge at Stanford and Keith Hall at the University, or Keith Heron at the University of Hall in England, I was so excited. I was a psychology major in, in college at the time, and finally somebody had proved it because I was telling my friends, hey, I'm becoming aware in my dreams that I'm dreaming. And they would say, you can't become conscious in the unconscious. And I'd say, no, I am. I, I, I can do things. I can, I can fly. I can do all sorts of amazing things. But that was just the start of a long journey. So I've been a lucid dreamer now for more than 40 years. That's amazing. And do, like you say, do you just before you go to sleep, go through, you know, I, I, I want to see my hands. I want to see my hands like you did at the beginning. Or do you do something more now? Or is it less? Is it just a natural thing for you? Well, it's one of these things that uh, you do have to put some work and intention in it. The first thing you really want to do is have good dream recall. And then once you've gotten to a level of remembering two or three dreams a night, then it's important to do a pre-sleep practice. Like you can use the power of suggestion. Uh, for example, tonight in my dreams, I'll be more critically aware. And when I see something strange, I'll realize I'm dreaming. So you're telling yourself to be more critically aware and notice when strange things happen. And by pre-suggesting that before you go to sleep, you're much more likely to realize when something strange happens in the dream and go, oh, 
that's just way too strange. This is a dream. So um, you do have to concentrate on it. But through my life, um, I probably started out having one lucid dream a month. Uh, at my highest, I got up to having 30 lucid dreams a month. But but that's a lot of effort to have 30 lucid dreams a month. And, and I do want to say, of course, that in the course of a normal month, um, all of us are probably having five or six dreams a night. And, and so we're probably having 150 or 180 dreams a night uh, just through the normal course of things. So not every dream becomes lucidly aware, but you can teach yourself to, on average, have a lucid dream a night. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to try uh, your method tonight. And by the way, if you hear any strange noises, it's it's my bulldog Watson. He's chewing a bone, and it's rather annoying. So please don't be put off. Um. So for me, um, as I've already uh, talked to um our listeners, I've described that I ha- I've had a few lucid dreams. Um. But when I describe my lucid dreams, they are I'm aware of my body, I'm aware of my hands and my feet, and I'm aware of myself being in this space, in this room. And I saw my dead father, but he was so clear to me. He was solid. And I I felt the most amazing feelings. His The color of his eyes were extraordinary. His hair, his skin, everything. I woke up with tears streaming down my face because I was so happy that I'd, I'd seen my dad. Now, my belief is that that wasn't a dream. It was my consciousness on a different plane and that I was in communication with my with my father. So what do you think to people like, for instance, Jürgen Zier, who I've just been talking about, who actually describes and really believes that his lucid dreaming is taking him to different levels, different planes with his consciousness? Well, it's important to differentiate lucid dreaming from other states of awareness. So, for example, a lucid dream is defined as realizing within a dream that you're dreaming. But sometimes people have what they call out-of-body experiences. They might be going to sleep, and all of a sudden they start to feel this humming or energy around their body. And then all of a sudden they're viewing their bedroom from six feet above the bed. And and that's what I would consider... um, characteristics of an out-of-body experience. And then there's also other interesting experiences. Sometimes people have noticed that when they wake in the middle of the night, their their mind is still kind of in a somewhat of a dream state. And oftentimes it's at those moments when they have these micro awakenings that they might see a deceased loved one over in the corner or something like that. But one of the interesting things about lucid dreaming is oftentimes people become lucidly aware when they see a deceased dream figure. And they go, wait a second, grandmother's been dead for 10 years now. How can this be? Oh, I must be dreaming. And at that moment, you really have an opportunity as a lucid dreamer to interact with that dream figure and determine whether it's a projection of your own mind, uh, you know, maybe a symbol of your grief or whatever, or whether it's grandmother in a after death state or in a spiritual existence uh, coming to visit you in the dream state. And that's the beautiful thing about lucid dreaming. You can explore and you can also do your own personal and scientific experiments. That's wonderful. What do you, what do you, Robert, think 
is going on really? I mean, if you do see a, a loved one, I know what I believe. Um, do you think that it is possible? Like Einstein said, you know, energy goes on and on and on and our consciousness is going on and on and on. It's, it, it can't die. Do you, what do you believe? You know, I'll tell you what happened in my experience. Um, probably about 25 years ago, my father passed away. And it was interesting. Three months after he passed, I became lucidly aware and I decided that I was going to go find him. But all the dream figures in my lucid dream told me it wasn't time, that I shouldn't do it. It wasn't time. And, and because they were all in unanimous accord, I decided not to go in search of him. And instead, I made all those dream figures explain every dream symbol in, in the dream environment to me. And it was so incredible to hear the responses as I pointed at each dream symbol. So then I thought, when I woke up, I thought, well, if my father wants to come meet me, he can come meet me whenever he wants. And so it was probably three years after that, uh, one night, uh, I see this ladder, and coming down the ladder is my father. And I think, wait a second, he passed away three years ago. Oh, this is a dream. So I became lucidly aware. Now, the first thing that happened, I began to laugh because he had such a bad haircut. I thought, <laughs> this poor guy can't even get a good haircut in the after death state. <laughs> and, and then I thought, well, wait a second. Is this my father as a projection of my mind, which, which would be a dream figure, a dream symbol? Or is this my father as a spiritual being and, and the after-death existence? So he came down, we greeted each other, and so I decided to question him. And my first question was, so dad, you're from the land of the dead. When do you think mom is going to pass away? And he replied, oh, probably in two to six years. And I said, of what? And he said, a, a heart condition. And that really surprised me because my mom had never had any heart troubles. And then I asked him one more question and he responded. And then he told me to please be quiet because he came to tell me things. And he spent the next five minutes telling me things about the family that he wanted me to be aware of. In any case, I woke up from the lucid dream, wrote it all down. And it was almost, it was 23 months later that my mom went to the hospital and almost died of a heart condition. And I thought, whoa, that was really accurate of my father to say that, you know, in the, in the lucid dream that it'd be two to six years that she'd pass away. Then it was about three years after that, she had been taking a, a prescription, a, a medication that was actually damaging her heart, and she almost uh, passed away again. But she made it through that two to six year period and, and continues to live today. So again, that's what I want to say about lucid dreaming. Because you're consciously aware, you can ask the deceased dream figure to give you information outside of your own knowing. And when you wake up with that information, uh, sometimes later you can confirm it. And, and at that moment, you have some rational evidence for thinking that you interacted with someone who is in the after-death state. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. I, I, I think you're in an incredibly blessed person to be able to do what you do. I wish that I could do what you do. I really do. Because when I saw my father, I know that it was real 100%. And it's given me so much joy and able to be happier in my life. And it's also given me that absolute 100% belief that we do go on somewhere, where that somewhere is, I don't know. But to be able to control your dreams like you do and, and 
I mean, what's been your most, apart from meeting your family, what's been the most favourite lucid dreaming? I know you've had hundreds and hundreds of them because you've been doing it for an awful long time. But if you could just, you know, grasp one out of of thin air and just think of what would your favourite one be? Well, I'll tell you the one that really broadened my lucid dreaming. Um, So this happened after I'd been a lucid dreamer for 10 years, and I was part of a lucid dream explorers group. Each month we had a goal to achieve in our lucid dreams. And, And one month it was to find out what the dream figures in your lucid dream represent. And so uh, I became lucid. I followed a woman into an office. I I saw that there were three women and a gentleman in a three-piece suit. And I went up to the gentleman and I lucidly asked him, uh, excuse me, what do you represent? And instead of the gentleman responding, a voice, an invisible voice, boomed out a partial response. And it didn't quite make sense. And so I looked up into the air and said, blah, 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 what? And then it gave me the full response of what this figure represented. But here's what happened. The next day, I wondered, why didn't the dream figure respond? Why did this non-visible voice respond? And then I began to wonder, is there an awareness behind the dream? Can you interact with your unconscious mind or your inner self in the lucid dream state. Oh, wow. And so, that's a real, uh, my, my mind has just gone, <laughs> and, and that's why I call my first book, Lucid Dreaming Gateway to the Inner Self. Because after that, in most all of my lucid dreams, I, I would frequently ignore the dream figures and just shout out a question to my unconscious mind or my larger awareness, like, hey, dream, show me something important for me to see. And then the entire lucid dream would change, and I'd be looking at something important for me to see. For example, because we're, because we're talking about uh, the deceased, um, one time I was interacting with one of my nieces um, uh, over the Christmas holidays, and, and I asked her, have you had lucid dreams? And she said, oh, I've had 10 or 15, but they don't mean anything. And, and I said, well, if you want to find out if they mean something, the next time you become lucid, Just ignore the dream setting and shout out to the dream. Hey, dream, show me something important for me to see. She does that. She's being chased by a lion. She hides behind a rock. Uh, She realizes it's a dream. And then she remembers my request. She shouts out, hey, dream, show me something important. And all of a sudden, this long blue hallway appears, and she walks down it, and there's a little white-haired lady at the end, and it's her great-grandmother who passed away when she was like three years old. And her great-grandmother greets her and says, Jane, you have such wonderful timing. And Jane says, what do you mean I have wonderful timing? And the great-grandmother responds, I get out of purgatory tomorrow. And, and Jane, Jane had to ask me, what's this purgatory thing that, that, that great-grandmother brought up? But in, in any case, to make a long story short, at the end of the lucid dream, she told Jane something that was outside of Jane's knowing, but that her mother could confirm. And so... In the morning, Jane called me up and said, what do I do with this? And I said, you, you wanted to see something important. Now you have to call up your mom and tell her what great-grandmother said and see if your mom confirms it. And she called up her mom. Her mom burst into tears. Her, her mom confirmed what the great-grandmother had said. And, and Jane said this was so powerful for her because she always wondered what happens to you when you pass away. And so that's how powerful it can be when you begin to interact with your unconscious mind or your larger awareness. Oftentimes it can show you or create experiences in in which you resolve uh, just huge issues for yourself. 
Well, I can't wait to start uh, Lucid. I'm going to try it, like I say, tonight. We've talked about the nice things, the good things, seeing loved ones and so on. And I imagine there's a lot of flying and feeling great, you know, in these wonderful dreams. What about nightmares? What about horrible things? I mean, recently, get this. I had a dream. It wasn't Lucid dreaming, but I had a dream and I was running for my life, absolutely terrified. And the thing that was chasing me was the biggest butchest kangaroo you've ever seen what the hell was that all about <laughs> but it was the fear I was absolutely petrified what about waking up having a lucid dream where you are in a nightmarish scenario can you bring yourself out of it you know uh, here's what I encourage people to do when you have those recurring nightmares, just stop for a moment and realize it's that same recurring nightmare, so this must be a dream. And then it's important to face what's chasing you. And then if you if you have the guts, ask it, who are you or what do you represent? And oftentimes when you hear that dream figure say, I represent your fear of success or I represent your fear of, of, of Aussies, or, or whatever it is. I don't know. Aussies. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know why a kangaroo would be chasing love, anyone. <laughs> neither do I. But it's the fact that he had big muscles. That's what gets there me. There you go. And, and, and another quick question for you. Sorry, I said it was going to be the last. But another, I always have this dream, and it is, I'm either going into a theatre or somewhere, and I have to perform, I have to be doing something but I can't get there or I can't, or my makeup or my, I've lost my script and I can't find it. And I panic, 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 panic. And I, everything that I touch is falling out of my fingers and my hands. And I can't remember my lines and where's my script gone. And oh, my makeup's everywhere. Where's my outfit? I can't find that. The people that I need to help me, I can't find that. This is a reoccurring dream. And it's, I wake up so upset and so frustrated. Right. You know, for something like that, I would use the bridging technique by a dream worker, Gail Delaney. She would ask the person to sit back and think, what is going on in my current life where I feel unprepared, where I feel like I've lost things, where I feel like I'm not ready? And then when you use that bridging technique of what's going on in my current life where I feel like that, then oftentimes you can think, oh, now I understand it's because I have this project that's due tomorrow and I haven't even bothered to look at it yet or, or whatever. But I think that's what's going on there. Okay, I shall, I shall definitely look at Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Robert. I hope you'll come back on, on the podcast another time. As I'm sure we'll have lots of uh, people uh, writing in and phoning in and lots of questions for you. So it would be a real honour if you, if you did join us again. Um, it'd be wonderful. I, I'd love to. There's so much to talk about lucid dreaming. There's lucid dreaming and physical healing, lucid dreaming and emotional healing, lucid dreaming and accessing creativity. It, it's just the list is endless. Oh, wonderful. Well, we'll definitely be talking again. And Justin, I'm going to go and, and purchase your book. So uh, you're the author of Plain and Simple. It, it's and Lucid Dreaming. Lucid Dreaming. Yeah, Lucid Dreaming, Plain and Simple. Well, they are. We've got it now. That's plug, plug, plug. <laughs> Lucid Dreaming, Gateway to the Inner Self. Robert Wagner, thank you so very much. And we'll speak again, I'm sure. Thank you. Well, thank you for listening to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding. We'll be back at the same time, same place next week. Stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate, 
and review. We want to hear from you on any subject that we've talked about so far. Send in an audio clip telling us your paranormal story or any story you want to share to this address, paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. That's paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. We also have a WhatsApp and you can send in your voice notes to this number, 075-999-27537. That's 075-999-27537. And we also now have Instagram and it's uh, this address at Paranormal Activity Pod. And remember, stay safe and things aren't always as they seem. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their Golden Glow Body Set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for smooth, glowing skin. While the Glow & Go Facial Set provides spa-level results at home. Both sets come in giftable boxes with savings up to $48 and free shipping for a limited time. For 10% off your first order site-wide, go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM.